multiplication is powerful. And I think God had this figured out because one man invested personally, touched flesh. He was fully God and fully man all at the same time. And the church caught fire because he mentored, he discipled, he multiplied. Church, we got to get serious about multiplication here. We can talk in front of lots of people. And sometimes I even ask myself, does that even matter? What about the one? What about the next one that God wants to use to set this church on fire? If we get a vision for this in southwest Minnesota, I cannot believe that we won't capture 10% of this area. I can't believe it. This is powerful stuff. So now, back on track. Heaven was pretty quiet for 400 years. And God decided it was time. It was time to bring His Son. And, And Mary, a young virgin, was the first to know about this plan that God had, a little unconventional, a little scary, young girl. I don't know how she was perceived, but probably not as elevated as some in the church, though she did come from a good family, but she was humble. And she was visited by an angel, and this angel said, you have something inside of you. Wow. So she told her her husband-to-be, Joseph, about this young child conceived by the Holy Spirit in her belly. And Joseph says, oh my, what am I going to do? Joseph was in a position where he could have rose up in anger and maybe even looked justified among the the people in the church because if they would have had a child before they were married, this would have been a bad deal on Joseph's reputation. So he actually considered dissolution from marriage and, and he, wanted to, he wanted to save face for himself, but graciously he also wanted the same for Mary. But another visitor changed that. The angel from the Lord came and confirmed Mary's innocence and gave God's blessing on their marriage. So it was uh, one night in Bethlehem where Jesus was made flesh in His dwelling, the God of the universe, the Creator of everything that we see and know of, was made flesh. And in John 1, 1 and 14, we get, we get a picture of this. And, and it's interesting because it's kind of a mirror of Genesis 1, 1. In the beginning, in John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word. In Genesis 1, 1, in the, in the beginning, God created. So the Word was made flesh the same one who spoke words of creation was taking up residence in the heart and flesh of his very own design. 
This is incredible. I mean, we, we hear these stories and it just, it comes at the exposure or the risk of looking at it like Dr. Seuss. This isn't Dr. Seuss. This is the God who created every single thing that we see and experience. And He chose to step into that, to engage it, to experience the same things we experience. And we experience many things. I mean, He, uh, he knows what it feels like to be hurt. He knows what it feels like to be hungry. He knows what it feels like to be cold. He knows what it feels like. 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 So when we get in our pity parties, when I get in my pity party, God, do you, do you realize the pressure I'm under? <laughs> Come on. Really? Jesus is humble enough to know what you have been through. He's humble enough to know what I've been through. And just the thought of that captured at this moment in time, this beautiful collision between God's upper story and lower story now converges in the birth of His Son, the very expression of God Himself in flesh, in a manger, in a cold, dark manger. Jesus was made by the Holy Spirit in the flesh of Mary. So there, there was... There was no doubt about it that Jesus Christ was fully God and fully man. This wasn't a half God, half man being. This was Jesus Christ, the Son of God. The expression of God and the expression of creation. To be a perfect sacrifice. This is mind-blowing when you think about it. I mean, it really is. This is not Dr. Seuss. I would encourage you Meditate on this event. Meditate on what happens, what, what has happened here. The Word who is God is revealed in Jesus Christ. The Word who is God is revealed in Jesus Christ. Jesus was born as an ordinary person. A lot of times I get this vision, this picture. Well, it's probably because he is magnificent and huge. But of God just being this great big being that I can't even touch because of the vastness and the depth of his knowledge and power and love. And here he is with this great idea of capturing that all down into something that I can fully relate to, that you can fully relate to, a person. Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Perfectly man perfectly human and a perfect sacrifice for His creation. And we just went through several months actually of story after story after story after story after story of humankind, the human race, trying to do it on their own. And I don't sometimes know if this is God's humor or God's way of just really strongly making a point. You cannot do it on your own. I cannot do it on my own. We collectively cannot do it on our own. It was absolutely necessary that God had a plan 
to save us. And it's the uniqueness of this plan that's so cool. And think about the multiplication example. One man changes the world. Yeah, he was God and all that. That's not fair. One man invested in several people. And the world was changed. And it's still changing today. So Jesus was born as an ordinary person to ordinary people. You can find this in Luke chapter 1, 34 and 35. Well, let's go there. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One, to be born, will be called the Son of God. Jesus is the Son of God. Born as an ordinary person to an ordinary person. And as earthly dad, Joe, he was an ordinary carpenter. His birth was truly humble. As I said before, Jesus is humble enough to know what you've been through. He was born in a stable. He was born in a corner of the earth. Mary and Joseph and and thus Jesus were, were turned away by the innkeeper. The innkeeper wasn't the only, way to, only one to turn away Jesus. But I can only imagine, and probably you have too, what went through his head? What went through this innkeeper's head as he claimed his inn was full? It was too crowded. It was too crowded for a pregnant lady to come in and give birth in his inn. Oh, but there's a stall over here. I don't want to completely be a jerk and ignorant and, and all that. There's an inn over here. Um, there's maybe a few animals. And I'm sure there's probably a stable in there where you could care for your child if the child happens to come. The world is always too crowded to receive Jesus. Sometimes, ugh, Ouch. You know where I'm going? Are we guilty of giving Jesus the same treatment at times? Stick him in a corner? Here's the thing. Jesus comes not to complicate our already complicated lives. He came to simplify our lives. He came to help us discover and experience His abundant life. I'm way too guilty, way too many times, of being too busy, being too complicated. Even sometimes under the guise of the Lord has me doing X. Right? Watch out for those times. The Lord does have us do things, but never at the expense of our relationship with Him. Never. 
He is a very personal God demonstrated by this part of the story. He brings Himself to us. God Himself He brought to us. Wow, that's cool. So discovering and experiencing this abundant life in Christ, that's what, that's what victory is about. We are here, we are charged to help people discover, help ourselves discover more about the Word, experiencing His goodness, His love, His mercy. Why? So that we can reflect Him on this earth and change lives. This, God is still in the life-changing business, amen? Still changing my life, hopefully still changing your life. But it's that point in time where somebody who's completely lost, that's through the Holy Spirit inspired to accept Him for who He is, Woofta, that's a beautiful collision right there. That's, that's where upper story and lower story again collide into this event that, I mean, you've seen it. I've seen it in, in people's life that I've had the privilege of witnessing to or helping, um, you know, and mentoring whatever. And you see these light bulbs come on and it's just like a fire. It just catches like a, you know, burning flame on a dry prairie. Inside of an individual's heart, these light bulbs come on and this energy just starts pouring out of them. And you can't help but get excited. See, that's what the church is meant for. That's what, that's what advancing the kingdom of God feels like. It's that, it's that build, that life-changing event that points to what? Not the person. It points to the cross. It points to the plan, the story that God had for His creation. It's never too late to invite Jesus into our lives. Thank God for that. It's never too late to invite Jesus into our life. It's never too late to realize that we are crowding him out of an area. So this message is really for both the saved and the unsaved. It's never too late to be dependent on God. I don't know if there's anybody here that could honestly say that they're fully dependent on God. We all want to be, I'm sure. But I recognize in my life, weekly, daily, and even sometimes hourly, new things, new corners that I have to bring Jesus into in order to bring myself in alignment with His truth. That's okay. This is a process. This is working out our salvation. But the end game here is making disciples on earth, just as Jesus did. Why? So that we can hit the corners of the, the ends of the earth. And our little corner right here is southwest Minnesota. We're sending two teams very, in a very short period of time here to, uh, to two other areas of the earth, Thailand and Rwanda. How exciting. You know, I, what a blessing it is for a church to be able to do that. You, 
Everybody here is going on that trip in one way or the other. In prayer, in tithes, both of these groups are, are and have been fully funded for some time already. Guys, we are participating in some life-changing events, some earth-shaking events. What an opportunity, I'm getting a little excited here, what an opportunity it is for us to give so that these guys can go. What an opportunity it is to pray and meditate on their activities. Activities that are going to just jerk people right out of despair, hopelessness. I mean, I've had the privilege of being over in Thailand, not, not um, Rwanda, but there are some dark corners of the earth. And we're sending a group of ladies over there to extract people from darkness. Yes! Love it! It's never too late to realize we're crowding them out. Come in, Jesus. Make your heart, make my heart your home. So God's upper and lower lower stories collide and all things have been made new forever. 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 It reminds me of one of my favorite verses. Actually, it's two verses. In Romans chapter 8. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. See, there was a fusion here that happened between God's upper and lower story. Jesus Christ is the center point. He is the center point of history and future. He is the one focal point in God's story. And because this fusion was so strong and so important, by the Holy Spirit, we we recognize, we realize that there's nothing that can tear that apart now. It's done. It's finished. He said it on the cross. It's done. It's finished. The work is complete. We're still living lives here. The final day has not yet come. When He comes back, it will be over. Our final victory will finally be here. But the battle is won. He fought it. There isn't a single thing that has to be proven after what He did at the cross. So there's nothing that can separate that anymore it's done it's sealed so there's nothing that can separate in that same spirit in that same way there's nothing that can separate us from god's love you can't do anything more you can't do anything less you can't earn it it's there if we receive god's love and we receive that fact that jesus christ died on the cross for our sins, for our our salvation, because we cannot do it on our own. There's nothing that can separate us from being saved from that truth. Amen?
Are we ready to be multipliers? So here's my challenge. Think of one person. I'll give you a month to think about one person. And I'm going to do this too. Think about one person that you can invest in. And I really, really, if you're saved, I really don't think it's important how experienced you are. If you're saved, if you've come to the knowledge and the truth of Jesus being your Lord and Savior, you are qualified. Don't use the excuse that I'm afraid of talking to people. That's probably a good thing, actually, if you think about that theory of multiplication. Find a person, invest in that person, and then go grab some more. Let's become multipliers. Let's become disciples of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for your truth. God, I thank you for sending your son Jesus. What a beautiful story. Lord, it feels like it came out of nowhere. For 400 years, heaven was pretty quiet. And then all of a sudden, the one who was going to change the world forever came. And Lord, it's a, it's a great example of what one person can do to change the world. Lord, I just pray that you would set it on our hearts to become multipliers of your goodness, to become multipliers of your love, to become multipliers of the good news of Jesus Christ. Lord, as we invest in people, Lord, help us. Give us insight. Lord, show us where you're moving so that we can, we can engage this plan of yours, Lord, and, and use our gifts, Lord, to bring glory and honor to your name through investing in others that will invest in others further. God, help us to become leaders in our communities. Help us to become truth givers in our cities. Help us to become lovers of souls, Lord, in ways that bring people to you, that draw people to your experience. God, it is an awesome pleasure to be in your kingdom, to be a soldier, Lord, in your troops. God, and when we face those times where we question ourselves, where we realize that maybe we've kept you out of this corner of our lives, Lord, give us the courage, give us the boldness, give us the strength to admit it. And to recognize that we are fully dependent on you, that we need to be fully dependent on you. There's nothing we can do that counts unless it's directed by you. So as we go about our mission here at Victory to discover and experience that abundant life that Jesus talks about, Lord, we just pray that we would not turn you away, that we would not turn Jesus away, Lord, but that we would receive you, receive your love, and receive others into the kingdom of God.